Hello there and welcome to Fabulous Folklore, the podcast for all things folklore, occult and just a bit weird. I'm your host Icy Sedgwick, blogger, fantasy author and your guide into these rather mysterious realms. I've got some rare things to show you, so come on in, take a look around, but be careful not to touch anything. These things sometimes bite. Well, hello there and welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with me, your host, Icy Sedgwick. How is everyone getting on in December? Is everyone sick of Christmas yet? It seems like it's been going on since about November the 1st here, which to me is a bit excessive, but there we go. Hopefully it will be a bit better when we get a little bit closer to Christmas and I start feeling a bit more festive because at the minute I'm just really excited about hopefully having some snow. Anyway... This week we are continuing with our Christmas theme. Obviously last week we had a look at Krampus. I must admit if anyone does get the chance to watch the 2015 Krampus movie I would really recommend it if only for the opening scene which as far as I'm concerned is the best representation of Christmas shopping that I think I've ever seen in a Hollywood film. I mean it's still never going to be the best Christmas movie ever because that's clearly Die Hard but you know it, it does at least give you a slightly alternative view on what Christmas family films can look like. But anyway, this week we're going to have a look at Holly. And Holly and Christmas are like chocolate eggs in Easter. You can't really imagine one without the other. And let's be honest, like Holly garlands do look really festive, but it's such a prickly plant. Why on earth do we use it as part of our Christmas decorations? Granted, a lot of people will use plastic ones now, which kind of defeats the point a little bit. But given how inhospitable it can be, because it's prickly, why exactly do we use it? So we're going to have a look at the links between Holly and Christmas and have a look at some of the folklore behind Holly as well. Now, as with most Christmas symbols, the link between Holly and Christmas actually predates Christianity. And according to Coraline Daniels and C.M. Stevens, the pupils of Zoroaster venerated the Holly tree and they believed that the tree actually never cast a shadow. They also claimed that ancient pagans filled their temples with holly to comfort the sylvan spirits during winter. And this is the first sort of sign that you get of the evergreen nature of holly having some kind of representation or some kind of significance for a population. And in ancient Rome, holly was associated with the god Saturn. Now, he was god of both time and agriculture, and he gave his name to the festival of Saturnalia. Originally, it was held on the 17th of December in the Julian calendar, but then it was expanded to last until the 23rd of December. And we're going to take a tiny, tiny detour into Saturnalia because it's just so fascinating. And in short, it was a time of misrule and it was kind of a really almost carnivalesque, jovial kind of time. And schools, businesses, legal courts, all that kind of things, they all closed during the festivities. People decorated their homes and then they spent the time feasting, singing, gambling, giving gifts. All sounds quite familiar, yeah? And basically the one bit that we've sort of lost from Saturnalia through to the modern concept of Christmas is the way that during Saturnalia the social norms were inverted. And you might find masters swapping places with their slaves because slaves were actually allowed to to celebrate Saturnalia as well. So you might then find that the master was then serving dinner to the slaves and so on. And a king of Saturnalia might be crowned, who would then take charge of the proceedings. And to find who the king of Saturnalia was going to be, they baked these small silver objects into cakes and then obviously cut them into slices. And whoever got the silver object in their slice became the king for the day. It's not necessarily the most democratic way of doing it because obviously it just comes down to chance. But this nature of chance really fits into the chaos of Saturnalia and this idea of it's a time where everything's all a bit upside down. 
And it could also help explain the making of the king cake at Twelfth Night. We are going to be covering Twelfth Night in a future episode in a couple of weeks' time, so I'll talk more about that when we get to it. But this is basically what Saturnalia was. It was this glorious kind of festival that then quite a lot of elements from it were then absorbed into Christmas when the Roman Empire was trying to transition into Christianity because it's obviously easier to get people to continue to do a particular behaviour than it is to get them to adopt a new one. But anyway, why holly? James Napier thinks that the word holly is actually a corruption of the word holy, which refers to its associations with protecting against evil. And for what he says, he notes that Christians actually decked their houses with holly during Saturnalia. Now, they weren't actually joining in with the pagan feast because everybody else was also decorating their houses with holly. They were just pretending to go along with it while they quietly celebrated Christmas. And for him, this is where that link between holly and christmas actually started so people are pretending to celebrate one festival while actually celebrating another but then they basically just keep the decorations for both of them in ireland people actually used holly and mistletoe as winter decorations to get the favor of the fairies and this ties in with the idea that fairies sheltered under holly leaves during winter because again it's an evergreen plant so at least there is some sense of of protection there so anyone who protected holly then got the fairies protection as well which I think is really rather sweet. And Mara Freeman explains that it was actually customary to hang a bowl of holly berries and evergreens in the house before the Christmas tree gained popularity. Because remember, we only got the Christmas tree in the 19th century, which obviously Prince Albert introduced. So before that, people would have this this bowl of evergreens and, and holly berries and all that kind of thing. They'd decorate it with ribbons and apples and fruit and they may even have dolls inside it to represent Joseph, Mary and Jesus. So it's kind of a cross between a nativity scene and this evergreen celebration as well. But essentially it's the evergreen nature of holly that makes it special, much like mistletoe, which we're going to look at next week. And some ancient people actually hung holly at their doors and windows to turn away evil spirits. And given its prickly nature, that's not really hard to believe. And Daniels and Stevens actually note that parents would sprinkle water over newborns from a holly branch to deter evil spirits, such was its protective nature. Some people even planted holly trees near the house because they believed it protected their property from lightning strikes. And weirdly enough, there may actually be some truth to this particular piece of law. And Paul Kendall points out that the spines on the leaves actually act like little mini lightning conductors, which then protects the tree and anything nearby. So that's quite cool. According to Freeman, people thought that holly would protect them against witchcraft, much like the rowan tree. So you might carry a staff made out of holly while you're out walking, or you might actually get a builder to make you a doorstep out of holly wood to stop witches entering your house. Sometimes you would also find houses actually surrounded by holly trees, again, to try and keep evil out. But beyond being a protective thing, holly also became a symbol of fertility, and obviously that's mostly because of the fact it's green all year round, which represents the blazing eternal life. And incidentally, the berries also provide a food source in the winter for the birds. They can eat them, humans can't, they're actually toxic to us. So don't be thinking you can eat them, but the birds absolutely can. Now, the practice of decorating with holly, because obviously you've got these protective elements, you've got the fertility stuff. So are people still decorating with it? Absolutely. And it continued even as Britain converted to Christianity, but the, the meaning of it changed. So previously, there are some discussions that say that the the red berry signified the menstrual blood of the goddess. But then when Christianity comes along, it represents the blood of Christ. And in a twist of inconsistency so typical of folklore, the protective nature of holly sits alongside its role in Christianity. Because in some legends, the cross that Christ was crucified on was actually made out of hollywood. 
And in others, it, uh, the holly was actually the crown of thorns and it was his blood that turned the berries red. That being said, despite these slightly negative connotations, it's still considered this protective good luck charm, as it were. And Freeman points out that after Christmas, boys actually whipped each other with holly boughs at Hogmanay to bring good luck. And every time you, you, you drew blood, basically, it meant there was going to be more prosperity coming, which is a bit of an odd conception, but there we go. And elsewhere in the country, Christmas holly had to be burned by Twelfth Night to preserve the good luck of the new year. And other people actually burned it on Candlemas Eve, which is February the 1st, because Candlemas represented Bridget and the returning light of spring. So for these people, winter kind of lasted all the way through until the beginning of February, which, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you can absolutely believe. Other people, you had to get rid of it by Twelfth Night. Now, obviously, one of the things that you kind of can't escape with holly and Christmas is the fact it's actually in a couple of the carols. You've obviously got deck the halls with boughs of holly, and then you've also got the holly and the ivy. And in days gone by, people believed that holly was a male plant, while ivy was a female plant. And these people think that the holly and the ivy actually relates to fertility myths. Freeman explains that people often paired holly with ivy because holly was the king and ivy was the queen. And a custom from the Midlands dictated that whichever plant was brought into the house first then said who would rule the household that year. So obviously if you brought ivy in, the wife would be in charge. If you brought holly in, the husband would be in charge. Now despite this, Daniels and Stevens actually disagree and they take ivy out of the custom completely and they said that the prickly and non-prickly holly are differentiated as he and she respectively. So you do get some holly that doesn't have spines and that's that's considered the female variety. And it, which one of these you brought in for Christmas decorations then dictated whether the husband or the wife would rule that year. Freeman explains that burning winter greenery actually formed the heart of a ritual in 18th century Kent and what happened here was you had an ivy girl, so like a, a female figure made out of ivy and then a boy made out of holly. The boys had to try and steal the ivy girl from the girls and the girls had to steal the holly boy from the boys and then they would burn these figures on a pyre as a sort of funeral ritual to represent the death of the old year. Incidentally, it was actually considered unlucky to bring holly or ivy into a house before Christmas Eve. So there's quite a lot of superstitions around when you can bring it into the house, what order you should bring it into the house, and then when you have to get rid of it afterwards. But then the last thing that we're going to talk about with holly is the holly king and the oak king. And within Celtic traditions, you've got these legends of these two supreme beings fighting for supremacy, the holly king and the oak king. And Theresa Bain describes the Holly King as the King of Winter and he personifies the tenacity of life. So again, it's the evergreen nature of Holly comes to the fore here. And he's shown as an old man wearing winter clothes. Now he wears a holly wreath and uses a branch of holly as a staff. And in my head, he always kind of sort of seems to be a little bit like the ghost of Christmas present in A Christmas Carol. I don't know why, but because I think he wears a, a holly crown. But anyway, these kings battle each other at both solstices. So at the summer solstice, the Holly King defeats the Oak King and then he goes on to rule the latter half of the year as the Northern Hemisphere slides into winter. And then when you get to the winter solstice, also known as Yule, the Oak King then defeats the Holly King and his rule coincides with the return of spring and summer. There is another interpretation that the kings do battle at the equinoxes, which means that the Oak King is strongest at midsummer and the Holly King's dominant at Yule. But either way... You end up with the Holly King uh, having his bit fight with the Oak King. And the reign of the king helps to explain the link between Holly and Christmas because that's when the Holly King's ruling. But the, the, the basic point of this is it all ties into that concept of mummery and 
putting on a show or something like that to sort of celebrate something that's quite difficult to represent in any other way. So how do you represent the returning sun and like the death of the winter? Well, if you have a figure that represents the winter who was then metaphorically killed by someone that represents the summer, you can then reenact these rituals every year as a form of sympathetic magic in an effort to try and make sure that the correct season comes back. So that's basically where the Holly King and the Oak King fit into it. So when we have a look at all the things that we've covered in this episode, we've got holly as a protective plant, so people hanging at the doors, people planted under windows, which I guess would actually be quite a good way to deter thieves because who would want to clamber through a holly bush? You've got people using it to promote fertility. You've got the, the holly representing like the king and the male force and all this kind of thing. But then you've also got this link with Christianity and the idea that the crown of thorns was actually holly and so forth. So you've got this really big mishmash of ideas and everything seems to then tie in to Christmas because obviously it's the winter festival essentially. So because holly's quite abundant and obviously it, it it's it's easy to spot in the winter because it's one of the few plants that still has greenery it's then quite easy to find and bring in and use so if you do decide that you want to use actual holly in your festive decorations this year please make sure if you just see a holly tree out and about you actually check with whoever owns it before you take any off it but also obviously mind your fingers for thorns and so on because they can be quite prickly if you're using the plastic variety obviously fine crack on But that's basically the link between Holly and Christmas. Personally, I love the idea of it coming from Saturnalia and basically it being a festive decoration right back in ancient Rome that's just never really gone away and that people have just continued to use. But again, as with all things folklore, any or all of these beliefs can be equally true or not true, as the case may be, because folklore is never one thing or the other. It's never that black and white. So... I hope you enjoyed finding out more about holly and where holly comes from and why we use it. And also a little bit more about the holly and the ivy as a carol. I do feel a little bit sorry for ivy in a way, the fact that she kind of gets sidelined a little bit because it's the holly that wears the crown. And again, you think, is that a link back to the crown of thorns? Who knows? But anyway, so next week we'll be having a look at the folklore of mistletoe and why on earth we use a poisonous plant for Christmas decorations. And then we will be having a break of a week because obviously it's Christmas. And I'm then going to do an episode on first footing and this really peculiar custom that I still do even now. And then we'll be looking at Twelfth Night and what on earth Twelfth Night actually is because people do disagree. And then we'll move into January with a brand new topic and brand new theme on the creatures of the night and folklore to do with things like that, which should be quite fun. So I should point out, I will be putting out the exclusive episode on spiritualism and all things contacting the dead and speaking to the dead pretty soon. So if you want to get access to that, you will need to be a patron on my Patreon, Fabulous Folklore Family. And for $4 a month, you get access to these extra exclusive episodes that I put out once a month and you can request things for those as well they are longer than these episodes so they, they sort of run between like 30 and 45 minutes so if you're interested in spiritualism and you know speaking to dead people then you might be interested in that so the link to my patreon is below so otherwise I hope you have a fabulous week ahead personally I'm going to the Tutankhamun exhibition soon and I'm incredibly excited but other than that have a fabulous week and I will see you soon cheerio Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. 
If you did, feel free to subscribe using whichever podcast app it is that you prefer. If you do use iTunes, if you could leave me a review, that would be fab. Basically, it just means iTunes are more likely to recommend this to other people. And if you're interested in more folklore, please feel free to swing by my blog, which is www.icsedgwick.com, and that's Sedgwick spelled S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. And you can find all of the links, images, and other bits and pieces that hopefully you enjoy. So have an absolutely fab week ahead, and I'll see you soon. Cheerio!